Caitlin Bloom, and welcome to Talk Therapy to Me, where we learn to practice self-awareness and self-care and meet our individual needs. No couch required. Hey y'all, welcome back to Talk Therapy to Me with your host, Caitlin. So excited you decided to join me again today. Jumping back into our series on depression, I wanted to address the connection between depression and trauma. I'm sure you're like, oof, this is a heavy topic to talk about on a casual Thursday. However, that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast and started this all in general. These things affect so many people and could even affect you. So normalizing the topics, normalizing mental health can help those conversations move forward and for people to feel comfortable to find the help they need. To really break it down, let's talk about childhood trauma. Childhood trauma is a potent risk factor for developing depression in adulthood, particularly in response to additional stress. So we've touched on trauma before, specifically with anxiety. And before we get into more about depression and trauma, I want to reiterate trauma and like define it again to remind y'all what it's all about. Again, like the more you hear things, the more it'll be normalized, the more it'll be familiar. I know many people will automatically go to the worst possible thing and define that as trauma. However, there are different levels. Something to remember is that we all respond to things differently. And something that negatively impacted us may have had a different effect on someone else. Trauma is defined as an event or experience, and it can range from unpleasant interactions with someone, maybe witnessing a traumatic event or experience, and even repeated or extreme exposure to the experience or event itself. It's important to note that, again, everyone's trauma and reaction is different. So don't discount your experience in a given situation If you were negatively impacted by it, you don't need to prove, quote unquote, to someone else how traumatic it was for you, full stop. Sure, of course, there can be different levels. As I've mentioned before, if it helps you, sometimes this helps me, it's okay to think about stress and trauma in lowercase s and t versus capitalized s and t. However, again, with that, I don't want you to compare your stress and trauma to someone else's. That's not going to help you offer yourself grace and compassion. And again, like remember that we all experience things differently and something negative can impact us differently than someone else. And if you don't hear anything else, I say hear that, hear that you need to offer yourself grace in order to heal. We're all on different journeys and it's okay if your journey looks different from someone else's. So we also talked about how different trauma responses can be elicited in particular with anxiety through the fight or flight responses. I know I dug into those a little bit more in relation to anxiety. And I wanted to say as well, like trauma can show up differently again, for everyone. And I wanted to just detail more about the freeze response. 
And as a reminder, there's four responses, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. However, the fight, flight, and freeze have a lot more research and evidence-based information to back them up. Fawning is something recent, so might get into that later. Anyway, while the freeze response isn't always the most common with those who suffer with depression, it can have a lot of similar symptoms and manifestations, which I think is why a lot of people associate them together, why sometimes I do. Relating this back to childhood trauma, the freeze response is more common in those that experience a large amount of fear in response to certain stressors. That applies to all of the responses, all of the trauma responses. You're reacting, acting out of fear in order to protect yourself. So as children with the freeze response in particular, the ability to protect or defend oneself is limited and mostly reliant upon the caregiver. And that applies to all of them. Therefore, if one felt routinely unsafe or unprotected, by their parent or guardian, they could have a tendency toward this response as adults. If we don't always heal from our trauma as children and understand like where that comes from, what the root is, all of that, then we do carry that with us into adulthood and really have to reparent ourselves, honestly. When a child isn't able to fight or run from perceived danger, so fight or flight, it incites a panic response, which again goes back to that fear, which is the root of a lot of trauma responses. And when you can't fight or flight, you become numb or immobile in the face of a stressor, so can't move. Um, those who freeze and froze as a response, often as children, may develop a tendency towards disassociation anxiety or panic disorders, depression, of course, and even post-traumatic stress disorder. As a response to triggering events that resemble childhood trauma, disassociation can be one of the most harmful ways one freezes. Disassociation is basically where we check out of ourselves in order to avoid the stressor. And a person who struggles with it might regularly feel disconnected from their surroundings, zoned out, unable to respond, or even feeling detached from reality. I've heard a lot of people describe this as an out-of-body experience. Sometimes like they can see themselves sitting there, but they are not in their bodies. It's like you're disconnected from your body as well. And something else to think about is that the freeze response can look a lot like these following symptoms, feeling stuck in a certain part of the body, feeling cold or numb, physical stiffness or heaviness in the limbs like arms, legs, decreased heart rate, restricted breathing, holding your breath, or honestly, a sense of dread foreboding, all of that. And honestly, what does a lot of that sound like? It sounds like depressive symptoms. So a lot of people who suffer from depression may go into a state of disassociation when they're triggered or overwhelmed because everything's too much. So how do I survive? I shut down. 
And remember that with any struggle or mental illness, there's always a root reason, whether that's trauma, genetic influences, or something in between. So we're going to get a little weird. We're going to talk about medically speaking. So I like to try and educate everyone when I talk about this stuff to make it more real. And medically, neuroendocrine changes in early life stress, so early childhood, reflect the risk to develop depression, especially in response to distress and stress. And most of the time, it is due to failure of a connected neural circuitry. So basically, the wires in your brain in your brain are not connected in the way that will help you function later in life. And a lot of times this looks and shows up as emotional dysregulation, neuroendocrine issues, autonomic control. Basically your body is just out of regulation all over the place. So it's not only emotional responses are dysregulated, It's your body freezing, shutting down and saying, okay, I need this to respond to this challenge, this stressor, all of that. So that's a lot of words to say that everything is connected as I've talked about before. And if you are negatively impacted by trauma, your brain and body will respond in ways to protect themselves. As I've mentioned before, brains, bodies, everything's connected, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, all that wiring is programmed from our experiences and our genetics. So it's important to understand how those work so we can rewire them if necessary and get the help we need. However, I will also offer a disclaimer near the end here. Not all of depression is related to childhood trauma, and there is always going to be a link between genetics and predispositions. I'll always say that. It's important important, important to take these things and so many other things into account and consider that when treating depression and trauma, when you go in for it. Just like with other treatment, it's important to make sure you can self-regulate, learn how to do that when discussing your trauma, when discussing what really puts you into depression. And again, this can look different for people However, a lot of the basics for self-regulation are deep breathing, bilateral breathing, grounding techniques, verbal affirmations that you are safe, and removal of potentially negative stimuli, relationships that are triggering. I would very much encourage you like get in touch with a therapist to dig into that more, as again, that can look different for everyone feeling out what treatment would work best for you and going from there. I hope this was helpful, informative, all of that good stuff. And wanted to say next time I want to talk about how depression shows up in popular characters and how we can relate those caricatures back to ourselves. Thanks again for joining Talk Therapy to Me with your host, Caitlin. See you next time.